0: Hey, hey everybody! How's everyone doing today? That's right. You are listening to uh, another episode of A Power of Pops. Uh, I'm coming to you from where Brooklyn, New York, Williamsburg, right, the burg. And uh, hey, uh, so uh, yeah. And today I am uh, I, my guest today is someone that I think I met probably around 2010, 2011, uh, working at a restaurant in Gainesville. Um, and besides that, she, I was much older than her, so she of course was out doing stuff, doing what young people do and everything, and doing the, having fun and doing the Gainesville thing as I was sitting back. But uh, just watching from the outside, I'd, I'd seen her be in bands and do many other things along with uh, uh, the scene and seemed to always be very supportive of Gainesville while she was there and uh, even does now, even when she's up here. And uh, I did not know this about her. But I happened to find out that she was uh, into poetry and was a poet herself, uh, which I never knew that about her, so that sparked my interest because uh, anybody with an artistic ability that I don't have uh, that I'm very jealous of, I really would like to pick their brains and and figure out uh, where that comes from. And today I am, uh, my, my guest is...
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Smith.
0: Carrie Smith. How are you doing today, Carrie?
1: I'm good. Um, I got out of class early. I'm teaching an undergraduate class. I'm teaching contemporary Latin American literature. And today the sun was out, so I let my students out early to go enjoy the day, and I met up with you. Yes,
0: and we are at the Oasis. That is correct, right? Yeah. It's like a... nice like little a... spot that she uh, wanted to meet at that she said is a good... Good quick food at a really pretty good price here in, in the yeah, uh, yeah, it's like
1: classic cheap food that you know New Yorkers also oh, talk you know, shit about because they raise their prices like oh, a dollar right. in the last six years. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Only it's easy no, no. to get to and it's like it's you, really cheap. Yeah, yeah. Like so. in mean New York, like everyone I feel like I like to pretend like I'm kinda bougie. I go out for oysters <laughs> sometimes, but I am a graduate student.
0: Right. Like being broke is just that. like the constant. You know? No, no, totally. Uh so yeah, like I said, I remember. I think the first time we met was at Boca Fiesta. I believe was you yeah. working there. Really, um, you, it pretty much it just opened up. You just pretty much.
1: Well, you know, a lot of people in Gainesville, I think, pegged me as being this really young punk kid. But the true story is that yes, I graduated. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get. Um, I graduated <laughs> college. Um, with a bachelor's degree in creative writing. Okay. I bought a one-way ticket to Mexico, and I was in Mexico for about five months. I hitchhiked all the way through Mexico and Guatemala. Okay. Um, like, all the way from La Guantilan up to Mexico City to San Antonio, San Antonio, and then hitchhiked all the way back down to Orlando. Oh, wow. Um, when I got back to Orlando, I quit my job officially. I broke up with my boyfriend, and I went to my mom's house where all my stuff was in storage in Melbourne, Florida, and I kind of just waited to try to figure out what the hell I was gonna do. It was like... Not an existential how, crisis. how old, old were you at the time? I mean, I had just graduated college, so I had to have been 23. Okay. You know? Okay. Just the wee last. Yeah, You're young, go. and young, you know, by my standard now. But I'm 31 now. So young, so young but,
0: but it sounds like you were very, yeah. uh, you were very, you but had a I, good, you were, seemed yeah. like you were in a direction that I you had already,
1: to go. I had graduated college, which at the time I was like, hey, I did the thing. I did the yeah. thing I had set out to do. It was done, <sighs> you know, things to Florida, which not anymore, <sighs> but it used to have something called Bright Futures, yeah, where definitely. if you had, good grades, and you did volunteer service, you could go to college for free. So I got a BA with no student debt, which put me in an interesting place to decide what I wanted to do. Um, I had been in bands in Orlando, I had already been in punk bands. Um, I would say three out of four of my band members at that time had moved to Gainesville already. They were people that I had visited, you know, after we had broken up as a band. So I liked Gainesville, and I was thinking about just maybe taking a trip to Gainesville spending a week in there and then deciding my, what my next move would be. Right. Daniel Halal, who I dated when I was in high school, who oh, okay. um, was living in Gainesville, I think he, the band that he was in at the time was Dead Friends. It was right. him, him and Tony Marquez's band. Well, Daniel and I had remained really close and he said, why don't you stay in my room? We're going on tour. Um, my old band had like played shows with Dead Friends, so like I kind of yeah. knew Tony from that. Tony lived with him. This is the house that they lived in over by the Kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. And so, they, he both, they both knew me, and they're like, yeah, stay in the house, and, you know, we're going to go on tour. Stay here for, like, two weeks, and then decide what you're going to do. So, in the two weeks that I was there, I met Jeff, Gia. Yeah, yeah. And we were drinking beers one night in the kitchen, and he said, I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to open a restaurant. Do you want to yeah. work there? And I was like, all right. So, then it was settled. I went and yeah, got all yeah. my stuff out of storage. I found a place to live, and I had friends from other places in Florida that had moved to Gainesville, so finding a room was super easy. Um, got all my stuff there and had a job lined up and then it wasn't didn 't take too long before I was started a band because yeah. other people were there who I'd play Always music with ready,
0: right? so everything just
1: sort of fell into place in this very a short period of time. Easy way, and I think yeah. it was kind of what I needed after, like, after being out of college, like, I was ready to kind of be a kid again, so you're right, yeah, I, I definitely, you. like, I was a young kid, you know, I showed my ass, but everybody kind of treated me... But I
0: don't mean, like, I didn't mean that in a disrespectful oh, way. No, no, no. no. I mean, like, because you had, I mean, I could tell you had your shit together, yeah. but you were just, you had it at such a young age, and most young people don't like that, you, you were, know, you You really
1: were don't. always... Uh, Encouraging and, and amused it, with a, a sort of sense of amusement, which is sort of how I, yeah, I yeah. am now. Like I understand that position, but there were a lot of people in Gainesville who were like very patronizing to me and, and patronizing of a sort I, of you know, punk I was scene ask in general. You, I hope you know? I never
0: was no, 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 no. Patronizing. You, to you were ever. always great, and
1: I think you always like wanted to talk to everybody about music, and you would kind of be like, "All right, well, go have fun." And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're right. We were at very different parts of our life, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that I'm glad. I'm glad that I landed in Gainesville I think I learned so much about myself in Gainesville and also like as someone that I, you know I went to undergraduate for poetry yeah. living in Gainesville was a great place to write poetry you yeah. know you ride your bike out onto a the Pains Prairie watch yeah. the sunset like there's something about oak trees and humidity that and a that's type of, yeah, I mean, critical just, to yeah, yeah, writing It just grabs
0: you yeah, certain places and spots do just grab you. Yeah. Your I um
1: see that. so I really, you know, started writing a lot of very pastoral poetry. I started writing a lot and then the more I started playing in music, so, you know, like being in bands is such an intense relationship with people and and then plus the relationships it's in Gainesville, in which can be yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then plus like the relationships in Gainesville which can be very intense and often like overlapping. Totally. It's great fodder for writing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I started keeping a blog about um, the Gabriel Garcia Marquez novel One Hundred Years of Solitude. I called it One Hundred Years of Solid Dudes, <laughs> which I actually stole the name from with permission from uh, Austin Abbott and Andy Kurzel Band. I don't know if you remember that band. It should have been like I know
0: Dummy Dudes.
1: <laughs> so I started started this <laughs> blog. And I started writing. I started writing poetry, and yeah. then I don't know. I would say. I mean, I I moved here in 2015, so this was probably my 29th birthday. This was November of 2014. Um, I just started thinking, and I was like, I think it's time to apply for graduate school. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready now for the next step. But I'm very happy here. I love Gainesville. I love all my friends. I was, you know, swimming every day, going to the beach on the weekends. I had my own apartment. Everything... Was as good as it could possibly be. Gainesville's easy when you can get yeah. to that
0: point. Once you get to that point, Gainesville's super easy. And it easy. was just, it yeah. was super easy.
1: wonderful, and I think at that point I was just ready for a challenge. And also, like, i a little bit, and I feel like this sounds, like I'm throwing myself under the bus, but I kind of wanted, like, the pat on the back. I kind of wanted to be like, hey, you got into graduate school. Or like, hey, good, like, you, yeah, you yeah, did you this. Did the shit. Like, yeah. I kind of wanted a little bit... Of like validation for what I was doing, and I and I don't think that that's necessary for right. everyone because people have asked me now like, do you think that graduate school right, is necessary right. as a writer? And I would say, absolutely not. But for me, I needed some sort of catalyst to move right. me out of this comfort zone and okay, okay,
0: um, you needed to be a little bit uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, get, I I needed and it, I needed to to create any sort of discipline. You know, like, you can't have discipline in a tropical paradise. And I I was not writing all day. I was mostly just, like, drinking and swimming all day. So I applied to graduate school. Um, And then, you know, winter happened. I think I went on tour with my band at the time, No Vibes. It was a great tour. Um, And then... You guys did pretty
0: well. It was really impressive. It was really fun. Yeah, it was...
1: And everybody in that band has since gone on... To do other things, you know, like Julian is an allergy, who've uh, relocated to Philly, and like allergy is like tearing it up and doing really well. Yeah, they're and they've put out a few records. Yeah, like everybody that I was playing music with in some capacity is still playing music. You know, Austin and I. Austin was in the first band I was ever in, Gomek. And Austin then was in Post Teens and it was kind of funny because then when I was in Rose Cross, we ended up doing a split together, yeah. Rose Cross and Post Teens split. And it's it, it's a great document to me of a document of like friendship and like relationships because it was someone that I used to play music with, still playing music in a new band, who lived right down the street from me. Right. And then I'm in this new band, and we put out this record together. Like, that 7-inch yeah, yeah. really means a lot to me. Cool. Um, it still does, because I you know, I really miss all of those people. The, the what was the name of 7-inch? Uh, it's just the Rose Cross post uh, split. Like, do you know what label
0: that's... If anybody wanted to look for that?
1: And yeah, it's on Dead Tank Records. Okay. So you can get it, you know, anywhere.
0: Okay, though. so yeah, guys, check that shit out, right?
1: Yeah, and I think that, that was probably... That's a really good split, and then there was another Rose Cross 7-inch... And then I think the No Vibe stuff is just online for free. Okay, cool. Yeah, you guys um, check that out. But yeah, all those guys are just the caliber of people of some of the people that I was friends with in Gainesville is so high. And I a the lot art, of people. It's
0: crazy how much yeah, talent is in
1: that. And a lot of people have asked me like, you know, how come you haven't come back to Gainesville since you've been in your MFA program? And the first answer is that I'm very, very busy. You know, like I'm in school during the week and I barge on the weekends. Yeah. Also. After bartending in Gainesville, getting a bartending job here was so easy, but that was also something that was just and very it's yeah, yeah. e- uh, easy. Well, see, it's that whole universal
0: thing. You, yeah. know, you put yourself out there in the universe, and you try to find that stuff, and you, and then you get pulled into the right spot. You know, it's like I, I keep on telling this, and this happens to everyone I know that's artists, and it's kind of funny because they all laugh when they figure out the, the, yeah. how everything gets connected by accident. You know what I mean? Like It's just like you were in an artistic town, most people did this. It was a good way to work and be an artist yeah, at the same yeah. time. You end up doing it and then just kind of throws you in, out there and then boom, you get sucked in. Well, and
1: also, so in my program, and I'm at the new school and I'm wild about my program. Yeah. And actually, very funny that this is a nice game. Soul, guess who messaged me on his way out of the Peace Corps a few months ago? Alex. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I think I'm applying to MFA programs in New York would you like to meet up with me? So I met up with him. I introduced him to the program director at the MFA program at the New School. We got dinner, and then he came with me to a poetry reading. And it's funny because uh, I posted all these pictures of us, and my mom goes, oh, your professor is so handsome. And I was like, oh my God, that's not my professor. I was like... That's actually the old dishwasher at my old bartending oh, job. I and know, I was like, right. but you know, he joined the Peace Corps and now he's thinking of moving to New York. His, sister was, here. his sister was here. And yeah. oh my god, it was so nice to see him. But that's just a funny sort of aside of speaking yeah. of which. But Good the real Good reason I've come back to Gainsville is I was so in love with Gainsville and, and I think everybody that's living in Gainesville knows what it's like is when you're constantly seeing your ex all the time at a bar, you can't get over them. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot go to Gainesville until I'm totally over it. Because if I see it, it's going to make me so homesick and it's going to be such like a yeah. a wound for me to go back and like miss it. I was like, I can't go back to Gainesville until I've fallen truly, like, truly in love with New York. Yeah. And I think that that's happened now. I There's this um, book of poetry, this New Yorican writer named Jack Agueros, and he has this great book of poetry called, uh, Lord, Is This a Song? And there's a, one of the poems, there's a line in it that says, Lord, when I die, let heaven be New York City. And I, like, totally get it. Like, I totally get where he's coming from. I love New York. So now, you know, I graduate in May. At some point, at some point this summer, I'll come to Gainesville and go to the Springs and... Go to the prairie. Valley, I really, yeah. I really miss bowling. I miss alligators. I can't tell you how much I miss bowling. There's nowhere in New York to bowl where you don't have to wait like three hours right, for a right. lane. You know, in Gainesville, there's so many things you could do just with your group of friends. Here, anything you do, you've got to sort of plan it out. Like you got to stake out gotta your territory. Be, it's got to be
0: good. It's got to be big plan. Yeah, it's got to be big plan. Um,
1: and everybody has a different schedule, so like it's insane. The fact that people are able to start bands here is just mind blowing to me because you know you only have everybody might only have one day off and it's like are you gonna spend your one day off you know going to pay a lot of money to go practice somewhere but man like people do it and it does make me respect you know everyone that plays music up here Um, I don't know if you remember Claire and Max they were in that band uh, process and Vermin, Max was in like a ton of bands, but she was like the girl drummer, yeah. a blonde girl drummer. She start, her and Max started a band with my boyfriend called Subversive Right. Oh, cool. And they're about to do their West Coast tour, like their tape just came out. Oh, and shit. that's been kind of a funny merge for me. Like my boyfriend's from LA and then San yeah. Francisco. And he he was in that band Neocons. Okay, yeah. And like Neighborhood yeah. Brats. Like he's okay. played music forever. And then, you know, and that was sort of my world, the sort of power pop yeah, yeah, yeah. world. And then, you know, Max and Claire were my world because I've gone to so many of their shows, played at so many other shows, like you we know, have lived with them practically. Right. And then the fact that then they started a band with him, it's just kind of nice to have that like sort of marriage yeah. of my like, two of like my past life and I would I mean I hope that I would refer to, to Kirk as my future life. Oh no, totally. You know, those two things yeah. being Our connected. Meeting. Yeah. It feels it you know, it just feels really uh, good and yeah. Every time I see them play, it's like exciting for me, and they're good. I mean, they're they are very very punk, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's they're still a really good. It's awesome. Yeah. So well, the, well then, now that awesome we're up band, to yeah. here, I, I kind of
0: what I like to do is actually go back mm-hmm. prior to maybe maybe let's yeah. go let's go back to where are you originally from? Where where were you born? So.
1: My mom's an archaeologist. Okay. Um, she worked out in Arizona, New Mexico, like at the cliff dwellings, like Mesa Verde, okay. and like yeah, uh, yeah. studying like um, you know what we refer to now as like the first peoples. Yeah. So then for graduate school, she got into maritime archaeology, like looking okay. for like pottery and like right. evidence of people underwater. She was working for the Maritime Museum of Archaeology, which is a Smithsonian museum in Baltimore where my dad was a federal prosecutor, which is oh, wow. uh, the foreshadowing. My dad's a fucking asshole. <laughs> so he's a federal prosecutor. He's thinking about sailing around the world. He was on, like, the Dartmouth Sail Club and shit right. like that. And so he meets my mom. He starts doing research. You know, she's there handing him all the charts. So a brain in a kind of, like, a, a high-dollar
0: Yeah. Well,
1: not not so but much. Like, you know, he was just out of law school, and, you know, this is the early 70s, and okay. everybody was... Everybody was far left in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, my yeah. mom said when she met my dad, they were both like rabid communists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they start sailing around the world, and they were gone for about 15 years. Like, they didn't just sail around the world in one go. I mean, they would spend a lot of time on the islands, they would get somewhere, and then the, how they made money is they would charter boats for rich people. Like, yeah, yeah. people that wanted, like, hey, I'm gonna be in this place, bring my boat to so me okay, so yeah, I can drink yeah, on it. But they don't wanna actually, yeah, yeah but they don't wanna actually sail it because it's dangerous. Know. So they were gone for about 15 years, moving boats around the yeah. world. They, they, their boat was a 36-foot Cape Dory. Um, my mom said by the time they got to Australia, this was maybe seven years into the trip, they were getting bored, so she threw out her birth control and they decided to have a baby. Um, they were on the Cary Carry River in Australia, so they decided no matter what, they would name the kid sure. Carey. <laughs> Um My mom was eight months pregnant when they sailed through the Indian Ocean. They hit a storm so bad, she said that the mass went all the way under the water, like did a full cat-sized tilt. Um, So when they got to South Africa, my mom said, we are not leaving, we're staying here. South Africa at the time was apartheid. So there's a crazy picture of my mom super pregnant, you know, given a peace sign. If you look behind her in the background, there's a sign that says whites only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were also a country with socialized health care. Yeah. So my mom was in labor, I think, for 10, 10 hours. She was in the hospital for two weeks. My They told me that the price of the hospital stay was less than the case of champagne that my dad bought, um, like, for all the hospital right. staff. Wow. But again, I was born in an all-white hospital yeah, in 1985, yeah, 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 yeah. which is something I like to bring up to people when they're
0: like, "What year?" 1985.
1: Okay. You know, people are like
0: dismissive. Oh, that's um, right when the whole
1: yeah
0: uh, Sun City album came out when they were uh, going in that whole first apartheid yeah. push with American and, and European man, singers and they stuff. They
1: loved Americans at the time. I mean, my mom and dad said that like everybody like. Everybody was so excited about Americans because Americans were going to help them out and like end apartheid and yeah, they made a and, like, movie on the lethal yeah. weapon,
0: too. Yeah. Let's <laughs> about it for fuck's <laughs> sake. It was I, I like so Americana, weapon. you know? You um, dumb son
1: of a bitch. So <laughs> that was the interesting story of my birth, but then they came back and then we moved kind of all over, like Miami yeah. so to, to Booth, Bayhard, Maine. Yeah. I, I grew up on the sailboat, and then eventually they settled in St. Augustine. Which was, you know, nice for me when I was living in Gainesville yeah. to go to Saint Augustine. Saint Augustine very much feels like home to me because yeah, totally. it's yeah. really where I grew up. Okay. Um, my parents got divorced, and my mom and I moved to Melbourne. I spent four years in Melbourne, and then four years in Orlando. I got a full scholarship to UCF. I worked at Park Ave CDs. Um, the owner of that record store, Sandy Bittman, yeah. calls me every year on my birthday. <laughs> my dad usually misses it by a week or two. Sandy, Sandy. Yeah, he remembers my he remembers my birthday without fail every That's year. Awesome. And and I would say that record store is still doing so good, but I was for my interview I showed up in like my fucking crust punk vest. I think I was wearing like an ass suck shirt. And he goes, <laughs> Why should I give you the job? And I was like, because you don't have a punk section and you need one. I was such a little fucking piece of shit. Good. But he hired me and he goes. Here's your budget. Here's your, phone Here's your budget. Yeah. Curate a punk section. And I, I learned a lot about music working there. Well, um, um, so,
0: so, this is so growing up with your mom, her doing the stuff, uh, was your mom very artistic other than the work that she did? Was she, was oh, she an yeah. avid reader? Writer? Oh, like, I mean, did I she grew do up, a lot of stuff here. Was I never,
1: you, uh, very I never went to church. I've never been to church a day in my life except for this brief set where my mom tried to get me to go to a Unitarian church and it didn't work my mom was like you need to make friends I'm going to take you to the Unitarian church you know who goes to the Unitarian church? retired people so I make friends with all these people who are like 80 years old and my mom's like well that backfired we're going to have a knitting session there mom (laughs) um, but dad never went to church a day in my life but we would wake up she would put on like you know a Paul Simon record we would read the New York Times in full always like putting on a record and reading together like that was my best memories of my mom are sitting on our couch okay. with all the windows and doors open, with a record on. Yeah, yeah. About to make food. In drinking Melbourne, coffee in Melbourne. Where
0: did you where did you live in Melbourne? Like did you live close to the beach? Yeah, the so Palm Melbourne
1: Melbourne on the beach is real skinny. So yeah, from like the roof of our house you could see the beach or the river. Oh wow. Okay. We were right on Riverside Drive. Oh okay. So okay. maybe like six blocks from the beach. Yeah, yeah. But you could smell it, you could hear it. Okay, so um, you always
0: had that ocean. Oh yeah. Okay, always
1: so. grew up by the beach. Always oh. grew up by the water. In fact Gainesville was the only city No, I'm uh, Sagittarius. But always grew up by the water. Gainesville was the most landlocked city I've ever lived in. Um, but yeah, always like lots of books in the house, like always reading together and like that was like our very like you know, intimate, comfortable time. You know, laying in bed and reading with something is always something I've associated with like being domestic and like being close to someone. I um, mean, to this day, my so mom and I like trade books com- back and forth. Calm and
0: relaxing as well. Oh That's yeah, a place that you can go to. Um,
1: and my grandmother too, or my mom's mom, like avid reader. You know, okay. over Christmas we always try to meet up. We just exchange books. That's all so we do. Because like, so you come
0: from oh, people, a family of readers and people. Oh yeah, and, and I remember I went on. A,
1: my dad <laughs> and I stopped getting along at a very young age. I was probably thirteen. Maybe 12. The summer I was 12, about to turn 13. And my dad had sold their 36-foot Cape Dory, and he bought a 47-foot... I can't remember the name of the boat now, but I do remember it was a South African boat. And he had bought it in Portland, Maine, and he wanted to take it down to St. Augustine, where he still lived. So it was going to be... Taking it easy, it was gonna be a good, like maybe month, two month trip. Cause I think he wanted to make it last all summer. Yeah. And my mom, I was just distraught. I didn't want to go. Right. You know what, twelve year old kid wants to go be on a boat, stuck with just one other person for two months. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. You know, I, I just, I was Under so sad. Rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so my mom gave me the entirety of J.R. Tolkien's. Um, like canon I mean she oh, gave me wow. The Hobbit The Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Similarian. Oh, shit! Stay I back. read them all on that trip yeah. and I think that's the only reason why I didn't throw myself overboard <laughs> and I mean I would stay up late with a flashlight just all night I think my insomnia started really early because so I would stay up all night with the boat you know we had a weather vane which is sort of the boat steers itself so sometimes yeah. you kind of gotta pay attention to make sure there's no boats by you yeah so you gotta stay up but you don't have to do anything that's a sale yeah. book so I would just stay up and read all night I finished all of the books oh, wow. and that was it I mean I was hooked I think after that I've just spent the majority of my money on books I buy books all the time I've got four books in my bag right now like I just it. it's what started my love affair of books and knowing that there's always this other world you know like pure escapism and just mm-hmm. but also it's something more of a serial than that because I think yes there's escapism yes there's a the story uh, yes I think that Fiction builds knowledge and empathy and vocabulary, but also it's like, like physically, to read a book is enjoyable for me. And maybe right. it's because I have terrible ADD, so sitting down and actually reading a book. Yeah, I
0: have an attack. Maybe it, maybe it like calms then, yeah. my
1: body down or like calms my brain. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe it, it, it's something like that that is actually psychological. But yeah. I, I just that's when I fell in love with books. Okay. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs>
0: I mean, because, like, as, you know, you're, like, at, what, at one time, you're technically, like, kind of having it a, kind of what some kids would call an <laughs> know, adventurous right? life. I was such a brat. And kind of, I no, such no, a good childhood. No, but see, it's not, yeah. bad. It's not a brat thing. That just shows you what artistry does to a per you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially if you don't know what you want, and especially at a certain age and things are hitting you yeah. at a certain time, and it seems like these books came to you. At the right, it was time the right time, when it wasn't.
1: And, and reading things during certain times, like reading a book about people going on a quest while you're going on a quest, is it's great. The cool. same reason I would say read Cormac McCarthy's The Border Trilogy when you're in Mexico. You know, like there's okay. certain things that you should read.
0: Kind of gives uh, give yeah. you a nice, uh, a, a nice uh, inner look Yeah. Into it. Like
1: anytime I travel, I always try to read a book about the place that I'm going to. Yeah.
0: Um, See, I'm jealous of you because I don't, I'm not, I've never been outside the United States. And I'm 45 years old. Like, I've never even been to fucking Canada or Mexico. I
1: Dude, Montreal is one of my favorite cities. Yeah. In and my in the family's world. originally,
0: it's like my mom's side is from Canada. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're French Canadian. So it's like, I would always lo- I would love to go up there, but it's like, I've ne- never. <laughs> so bad my wife. But, yeah, so it's like,
1: she's Aww. like, let's go somewhere, Dude, go, you know? go to Montreal when it's warm. Montreal is the coolest city in North America. Is it? I highly recommend it. Okay, I went I've up heard there. a lot of good
0: things about um, it. It's a good comedy town, too, and I hear they got yeah, a lot of good things going a, on up there. I think
1: Montreal, you know, I realize I'm, I'm on the air here, but I think Montreal is kind of the city that, like, New York wants itself to be. Like, it really is, like, a town for the arts. It's okay, a town I where got it's got cheap you to mean. live. Yeah, yeah. You can walk everywhere. Like, it's such a cool fucking town. And the punk scene there is out of this fucking world. Yeah, I heard it was but, a But, you good know, things. New York is great, too. The comedy yeah. scene here is great. The music scene here is great. You know, the yeah, amount of shows so if, I've been able to yeah, go yeah. to here are just, like... Constant problems, yeah. right? I mean... And just, in, in the the variety of not just punk shows, but yeah. like I saw Egyptian Lover. Oh, wow. Um, like, I think buddies. last summer. Yeah, yeah, like, or I think I went to a punk show and then got in a cab and came up to Greenpoint and then saw Egyptian Lover on the same mm-hmm. night. Yeah, like, that's awesome. the variety of things you can do... In one day, you know, for me, I I really like to go to a poetry reading and then go to a punk show yeah. or a crazy like party. Yeah, yeah, totally. And also, a lot of the punks here really value, uh, you know, art as like a physical form. So a lot of the people here that are in bands yeah. also are are creating art, whether it's writing and, right, right. and doing zines totally. or if it's um, running like poetry readings. There's a, a group here called They Said. Okay. And it's a lot of people I know from the funk scene reading poetry, and it's good. It's What's, good, but not, not even better. The,
0: if, you, if you could name a couple places that you like in the area that... Oh, that, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Dave, um, so
1: Dave, some. who's in that band, Nandaz, um, he has a book that he just came out with that was published by Molasses Books, which is a neat coffee shop and also used bookstore. Okay. Um, in, in the same area also... There's a little alley off Broadway. I don't know if people call it, like, Punk Alley. But there's a bookstore there okay, that right. he runs called Better Red Than Dead. Okay. And it's one of the best-used bookstores I've ever been to. Uh-huh. And, I mean, every time I go in there with a question, I always leave with, you know, more than three yeah, books. Yeah, They'll yeah. just load me up. I
0: think so, and yeah, Better Red Than Dead is
1: actually, part. also for the area, like, very uh, appropriate with their pricing. Like, okay. nothing's expensive. It's, like, accessible to people in the neighborhood. It's a very ethically-priced bookstore. Um, in the same in the same alley, you'll also find Dripper World, which is sort of a clothing and a sort of punk paraphernalia store. Yeah, yeah. But they carry zines, they carry books. Do you remember Mike Taylor? Yeah, yeah. His zine, later a Clash, you can find at Dripper World or oh, yeah. Better Red yeah. than Dead. Um, I had beers the other day with Mike Taylor, and we were talking about uh, art that we make. And you know, a lot of his art is really expensive. It gets shown in all these crazy art book fairs. And he goes, "I don't feel like I'm an artist." unless my work is accessible to everyone so right. I'm working on creating a book that everybody can get yeah. um, and I think that that's, that's something cool. there are places like that in New York like Better Red Than Dead Dripper World Spoonville and Sugartown and there's a lot of you know molasses books there's a lot of other places around here where you can go in and buy a zine that someone from your favorite band made yeah you know like no, that's uh, cool
0: I mean that's that's. I mean that it's funny because you were saying that and I kind of noticed like um, I was I know some people that do some podcasts on some other things and they were and I was even thinking about doing doing like a, a zine podcast, like a for my for my podcast, like do my own yeah, zine and awesome. put it out. But make it more of my uh my more of my political stance stuff you know like yeah. look,
1: like write a long essay and yeah. thing, like and then you could also reference people like like when Carrie like, said like the people or,
0: like the people you know especially like people that I listen yeah. to or talk to or hear stuff or even some of the people that I read or something because I was, I was thinking like that's something that I miss too or having zines like that whole thing because I always miss like going to new towns and always just walking into a place and be like oh shit I mean this person, oh shit, you can get a tape of this band that yeah. sounds like they'd be pretty fucking good. and now, you know, I mean, now that people are even doing tapes again. Yeah. yeah. So, which is funny. I actually brought Tom three completely closed TDK, brand new high performance <laughs> tapes. So I was like, here you go, Mr. DJ, do something with I'm those. I'm sure he'll
1: use them. For I know. I was like, some he did kind of like,
0: ooh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's cute. Yeah, so. But yeah, like, I think that
1: there's a lot of, you know, there's people doing <laughs> crazy things, like yeah, playing. Yeah totally sold out shows in Williamsburg but you can buy like the zine or the book they made down the street for five bucks right. and I think that and it kind of is indicative of the you know York Hustle like every bartender you meet um is probably also doing something else. I mean, same way in Gainesville, yeah. where during the fest, where every dishwasher had to hurry up and run and change and go play a show. show exactly. And all these kids <laughs> at the bar <laughs> yeah. hanging out don't realize that the people in their favorite bands are making the food that they're not tipping on.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: that happens in yeah, New York it's, too. It's, like, it's, I'll, it's, I can't tell you how many times I'm working with someone and they're like, oh shit, I gotta go. I'm doing Upright Citizens Brigade of Eight. Like, oh, goddamn. you know, people that are doing yeah, double duty, making money, and it makes you feel good because, you know, in, in Gainesville, I felt. Like I wasn't doing enough
0: just for being you know, a bartender. Gainesville, we allow. It's not complacency, but Gainesville allows a bit of uh, lackadaisicalness when it comes to your art. Mm-hmm. You know, like how you were saying. I, I mean, and, and, and that it, it happens to everyone there. There isn't, you know, there isn't an artist that I don't know who does, like sells stuff at the art fairs or does anything like that. It's just like they just go through little phases. Yeah, it seems here you're. Constantly being bombarded with art so you have no other
1: and everybody's working thing but on a project. To do it. You know, whether it's for an art book fair or you know, for a, for a store that they want to open. And so it's it's kind of like a nice like give and take as people will hit you up, like, hey, I'm working on this project, do you want to submit anything to it? And I'll be like, Oh yeah. And I have some poems that are out on Disciplined Press now. My friend at a zine called What We Do is Secret. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. because um, she's been at the <laughs> LA Art Book Fair. But at some point, I assume get, I'll get to yeah. see the zine, and I'm in it, which is That's cool. Awesome. Um, so I have something with Discipline Press, and then, which is a great small press to check out if you're interested in art or writing. They definitely yeah, yeah. do a bit of both. Um, I have something coming out soon with Inquisitive Eater, which is a food-based uh, like website and literary journal. Okay. And I also told all my friends, like, Submit things to these journals because there's a lot of journals that only get stuff from, from writers. That, like, you can right. write something nonfiction about food or a place you ate or something. And something. might like it. Something or nonfiction it it that like. a lot of literary journals want good nonfiction, and yeah. a lot of people that didn't go to school for writing write better nonfiction yeah. than most people with an action. You know
0: what I did? I wrote my. That just reminds me because I don't know if it, when it's coming out, but I actually did my very first like fanzine and en- entrance or you know wrote something mm-hmm. for some uh the, this guy mike barnes who's from england is doing the festzine from england he calls it the festzine uh-huh. so he had he asked people to write stuff for it and i kind of gave a because uh, i went to the tired from now on show because you know i used to live with those guys back in the day and they that was the first time they paid in like 20 plus years so i kind of gave like a a little story about me walking up to the show and watching them play and how it just brought me right back to night you know 1995 and like the the feeling of being that eight, being the young kid that I was at the hardback and everything so it's kind of it was kind of like my first stab at it you know and Mike said it was pretty decent so no I that's that's kind of neat cuz this the reason why I, I like to speak with people who do all the different types of art is because the, all of them interest me and I like poetry has always interested me but I've never been I've never had anything of the calling or something to or something to drive me to do it. You know, it's in my head. Like, I'll do things in my head. But I'm, I'm have I'm ADD type person so it's like you know I, I don't write stuff down usually you know i usually have to be reminded to write stuff down you know what i mean like don't just think of it write the shit like, i mean me forget. too that's
1: why being in school has been good for me it's created some structure yeah which I needed. yeah yeah but you know the other day matt brink wrote a facebook uh update and i said oh my god this is a poem you have to submit it and he goes really <laughs> yeah you gotta submit this yeah I think he I said remember. where should i submit it and i was like oh try public pool they do a lot of Quick internet turnover and it got published and it's on there. Yeah, and it was, but it was really just a Facebook update. And I said, "Listen, this is a perfect poem. Submit it." And it got published. That's crazy. It's up there. So I think that you know, and that's sort of how I feel about poetry: is that anything can be poetry, and that's something that luckily I do go to a very progressive school where I could probably do anything for my thesis, and they let me get away with it. Uh Right. But I think that to me, I think that. Anything can be poetry the way that anything can be punk music. I think right. it comes gotcha. from, like, right. intention and context.
0: No, I get you. No, definitely, definitely. Wow, oh, that's awesome. So, so like, after you get done with school here, and do, are you are you thinking about sticking it out in I'd like New York to stay in
1: New York for a little bit. I mean, and also, I feel like that decision was kind of made for me just with Trump becoming president. I mean, I want to live somewhere where when my IUD expires, I can get another IUD for free. You know, like, not just healthcare, but also, like, things surrounding reproductive healthcare and immigration. You know, my boyfriend is half black and half Jewish. I don't know okay. if I want to move to the south, you know? Like, and, and don't get me wrong, I think Gainesville will say like a, a very a blue yeah. city for a long time, but, you know, Miami's sinking under the ocean.
0: Yeah, like
1: Gainesville, I don't make as much money bartending. I just think, you know, there is something about New York. You make a lot of money working in the service industry here, which leaves me time to write. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I have an editing job with a small press called Hanging Loose Press. They've been publishing poetry in Brooklyn for over 50 years. Oh, wow. And with them, I'm learning a lot about copy editing, okay. about setting up a book, like actually like physically publishing a book. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I've worked on three funny. manuscripts <laughs> with them so far. <laughs> Um, where like I from start to finish, I like, got the poems, edited them, copy edited them, gotten in the right order, put yeah. it back in. Um, it's really good work, and they they told me they're like, we want you to stay. I mean, right now it's an internship, but when I'm done with school, I'll probably keep working with Thingy Moose. Oh. Um, I really like the editors. That's tight. Um, They're both, you know, in their late seventies. They know everybody from New York. So just, I like being in the the young punk world here. It makes yeah. me feel. Fun and it's a celebration. It makes me feel youthful and alive. Yeah, totally. but hanging out with them makes me feel so fucking stupid, and that's such a good feeling. Like right. it makes me realize that there's still so much more I have to learn about poetry, about New York, and being with right. them is a, a really good opportunity, not just for learning a yeah. lot about um, about New York and about writing, but also about poetry. Yeah.
0: So, reading was important mm-hmm. with you and your mom when you guys were in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and those moments of. Uh, you know, tranquility and peace and stuff like that, and you said the same in St. Augustine, when did you decide to take, say, what you read, uh, when, it, when did it start sparking the words in your head that you had to start putting down? What, what, what When did that, what, mean, was, what was like, was there something that kind of happened? It probably, has a, like lot, a little it probably sh- has
1: a lot to do with, like, growing up on a sailboat and being an only child. I didn't really have anyone to talk to, so I used to just, like, make songs up to myself and, like, <laughs> I used to... I'm an
0: early child, like Sing, bitch, make up
1: but... songs to myself, and also I always had, like, an imaginary friend that I would talk to. Yeah. Eventually, when I realized it was silly, I would just talk to myself, like, in a right, constant yeah. deluge of, like, internal monologue. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I was writing... I started writing it like, a super young age, like, third grade. Oh, I mean, wow. and even my mom recently, like, sent me all these journals that she found in an old box that I'd written when I was, like, 14 and 15. It's all garbage. It's all, like, right, oh, yeah. I'm so sad, and things are so awful, because everyone feels that way when they're 13 or 14. But, I mean, I started writing like poetry or what i thought was poetry yeah. like at least when i was 13 or 14 okay. and then when i got into music then all of a sudden this whole other medium opened up to me right. because you know i i don't know when i was in high school i really liked like the microphones and all those k record bands yeah. and like yola Tingo and these bands that have totally. really really smart simple lyrics yep. which could also translate into poetry so it gives us other opportunity and then when I started listening to hardcore and punk, then it was even fucking easier because I was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, so the totally. first punk band I was in uh, was with Adrian Ryerson and Austin okay. Abbott um, and this kid, Scott, who still lives in Melbourne. And we were called Gomek. I don't remember. There was this giant crocodile at the alligator farm in St. Augustine and it yeah, had all these yeah, cheesy yeah. tourist things that would say, like, Gomek. you yeah, know, yeah. Comes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were called Gomek and I wrote lyrics for that band. And I think if you look back, you know, if I looked back at some of the lyrics, I think I would probably consider those more like poetry because they didn't even rhyme you know it was yeah. like for a hardcore band we sounded like his hero is gone or something right, so right, right. those lyrics probably look a lot more like poetry now than like let's say the lyrics that i wrote when i was in rose cross which were sort of power pop lyrics that are yeah. that were a little more sing-songy yeah yeah um but even then when i was playing the music oh, good we're good. um even when i was playing music i was also still writing poetry and especially like being on tour is a great time to write you yeah. know i have my notebook in the van and through, I've traveled a lot by myself. Where I was always yeah. just writing while I traveled, um, and you know, New York is a great place to write also because, like, there's just so much time that you spend alone here that it's great to just have a notebook and even, sit even and have even a coffee.
0: You're surrounded, yeah, yeah, and
1: it's comfortable. It's com- it's being alone in a very comfortable way where it's nice to be around a lot of people, sit, have sparkling water, have nice yeah. dinner by yourself, and then write. But yeah, I don't know. I think maybe. Part of me getting into writing, I think, probably was being very lonely,
0: Yeah.
1: and and then also the other half is my mom's just, like, encouragement of, like, being a writer is great, like, books yeah. are wonderful, yeah. and she just encouraged me. I mean, my mom's had my back 100% of the time, all, all the cool. time, That's and awesome. I mean, she, we, to, to this day, we talk almost every day. Um, I graduate at the end of May and I'm doing my student thesis reading where we'll okay. read selections from our thesis and my mom's coming up to that and I mean oh, wow. I haven't seen my dad in probably like three years and I, the chances of him like coming I mean he wouldn't when I told him I got into the new school they thought I made it up my stepmom said, well, I don't know, honey. She's from Mobile, Alabama. She goes, well, I just don't know, honey. But we looked it up and we couldn't find anything. And that's awfully strange. And I said, well, listen, Gail. That's her name. I said, Gail. From Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. I said, Gail, you're both lawyers. If you can't find a school that's existed in New York since 1928, I think you might have a problem.
0: problem
1: yeah. And then I just, you know, hung up the fucking phone. But, yeah, they think I made the whole thing up. That's crazy. They they think like the school doesn't exist. Like I remember, my dad said, and it's funny because I think my dad did this. He set this ball in motion. He said, "Oh, well, we know you're really just moving to New York for a boy," which was absolutely not true. But in an interesting turn of events, I have like fallen in love with someone since I've been here. Right. So good, I've actually his prophecy became true, and yeah. now I can rub it in he his puts face. He's positive about yeah. there for you to happen. Right? And he's half black and half Jewish. <laughs> they're gonna hate it. It's so awesome. It's it it yeah, so perfect. It's yeah. like they jinx, they jinx themselves. themselves. I'm telling
0: you, parents do that shit. That's why I haven't talked. Like I said, I haven't talked to my parents in three years. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that it seems like you've you know you found your uh, you found your path here then, you know, it seems like you really are, are in a real comfortable place. And you you said, you know, you're you're about done. You're going to do work with book people. Are you going to write more books? Are you going to try to write oh, books yeah. and stuff? Are you, I think, think when I'm done... Poetry books mainly? Or are you gonna to going to try to go into other I don't know. Genres?
1: I feel like I've become a better writer just in general from the program. Yeah. So I'm interested in writing nonfiction. That's okay. Um, but also... I feel like there's a lot of other poetry that I want to write and when I'm right now I'm doing my thesis so I'm very kind of like focused on, on getting these pages yeah. out but when I'm done with that I have some ideas for books um, I have terrible allergies and I went and saw a doctor because I do have health insurance here which is just phenomenal um, and she's like oh you should keep a food diary. So I've been keeping this food diary to try to figure out what's triggering my allergies and it reads like a poem. It's really funny because it's so ridiculous. Like the stuff I eat from day to day, day, especially in New York, is like the best. Hey, how are you? No, oh, you're okay. Um, like, the stuff that you eat here is just, like, so yeah, ridiculous. So, like, day yeah. The other day um, the other so, other I think day. I'm going to turn that into a poem also. That'd be kind like, of ridiculous. funny. That's kind of, like, it would yeah. even be
0: a, kind of a funny New York map as well. It, I thought so. <laughs> so,
1: that's, I think, going to be my next food project is going to be about my food diary. It sounds awesome.
0: It sounds like you were, like I said, I mean, you're, you're uh, another reason why, like, I wanted to do this is because you're another person that um, I was just impressed by because as an artist, because you're one of those people, like, you seem like you, you go, you do what you want to do when you want to do it, you, uh, even if there is any kind of fear or anything in you, you really don't seem to ever show it, or I've never seen it, so you seem to be such a strong person, and it sounds like thanks mm-hmm. to
1: your mom. Definitely from you, my mom, <laughs> yeah, that, that very intrepid, that's, anything, that's, that's, you know, when I, I would be like, hey, I think I'm going to go to Mexico for a few months, and she was like, okay, yeah. I, th- I think you should, or... Hey, I'm gonna go to Buenos Aires by myself for Christmas. Is that okay if I don't come it home? It seems like she okay, trusted you, know? you in the sense, like
0: she knew that she yeah. gave you the right, shit that you could keep a good head on your
1: shoulders.
0: I think know what the I fuck really, really
1: times, think that you know? she did, and I think that you know we always had a good relationship. And same thing, getting into punk, yeah. you know, as, when I was a teenager, she could have said no and put her foot down and said she just said, I want to know who's driving. Right. I want always you be to. I chair. want you to tell yeah, me yeah. like what, where the show is, and I, you know, I want you to call me when you're coming home, yeah. like. She was just, she worked with me, and she trusted me, and I think it paid off. And I called her, and I said, I just got into graduate school in New York. And she was like, Jesus. And I was like, I know. And I was like, it'd be a big change, and it's going to be really expensive. I'm going to have to take out loans. And she said, well, listen, you don't have any undergraduate debt, which puts you in a good position. Yeah, totally. And she goes, I think you should do it. And she goes, I think you should do it, and I think you should make it work. And I think you should make it, you know, your job that you figure out how to make it work so that you get a job when you're done and, and she's like don't make shy. it just like a she's like don't go there and just party in New York like go and actually yeah. do you can the work party afterwards exactly and <laughs> and I was like so do you some, think I should that do it yeah. I was like I was
0: like, because this kid seems to have the shit together he's going to like school he's programming all this stuff and I was like yeah you keep doing exactly what you're doing and I was like you get done you're done at 23 you have a real job and then you can do whatever the fuck you want and Yeah. You, know, you just get in there and knock it out
1: so I'm glad. I'm glad that she was supportive. And and you know, moving to New York, I will say it was, which was much less scary when I had like Florida kids being like, "Yeah, we'll help you out." Yeah, yeah. Like we'll help you. Well, I mean that's the thing. Up.
0: I mean, the people are helpful that way. You know, like everybody's. It, no matter where we're at, we're always for. Yeah. There for each other in one way or another, need be. You know, I mean,
1: should, that's for Working sure. Working forty hours in a um, shitty restaurant together yeah. will really do that for you. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. No, you just yeah. You you. you to know people and you, and, and, and you get a bond that, that never goes away mm-hmm. you know what i mean like no matter how long time time progresses you're able still to keep that going so but no I, um, i'm not going to take your time anymore you, you <laughs> thank them, you no you answered Wait, a lot but of i have questions. a i have a question yeah. for you oh shit
1: um, someone told me this story a long time ago and i, I always really wanted it to be true but i heard that you once headbutted a a frat kid to steal a keg from a party Yes. <laughs> was that true? Yes, yes, yes. I don't remember who told me that. Someone at work, and I, I was like, "Oh man." I, I was like, copses looks like such a tough dude, but like I was like, but he doesn't party, right?'" And someone's like, "No, no, he doesn't drink." But uh, when I did, yeah. <laughs> I well, see that was that was the liquid courage. Was, <laughs> see, the thing is, before I
0: like seriously, before I moved to Gainesville, like I was, I was the type of kid that got picked on a lot till I was like the twelfth grade, like mm-hmm. got beat up by random. Like all the jobs So you
1: weren't in. like Afraid of a fight
0: I wasn't afraid Because yeah. I just was used to it I just it was But I always get my ass kicked Because my mouth Like mm-hmm. I was like I'd get my ass kicked But I always be like Fuck your mother. <laughs> you know After a While they're kicking my yeah. ass and like Your mama sucks You know And then they like, Fuck you dude You know like Because they, they just wanted me To shut up Yeah, and I'm like You're not going to Make me shut up That was Because I was just Too hard headed And then when I moved to Gainesville, I was just like... There's all these, like,
1: 20-year-old kids that just have super soft from, like, Oklahoma Yeah, I was like,
0: when I moved to Gainesville, like, everybody used to fight. There was a lot of fighting going on when I moved to Gainesville between, like, the skate kids, like, the skateboarders, and a lot of the anti-racist, like, skinhead kids, like Mike Mahaffey and all them back Mm -hmm. in the day. Like, they used to battle hard on weekends. So I don't know what the issue was, but, you know, so many years of doing that, they all became friends. But, yeah, like... For many years I did a lot of I did a lot of head butting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember someone telling not, me that
0: story and I was like, man, I just hope that's true and I kinda laugh. Well, not it my out. proudest moments looking back, but I was always I was the guy I was the guy who was the anti bully dude at the party.
1: Yeah.
0: I'd usually go to a party, stick back in the darkness, you know wait for the assholes to show up and see who's going to be the dick and then I'd be the guy come out of the darkness and be like okay you don't need to do that you have to go Uh, bye bye now (laughs) and be as nice about it as possible I I do it totally roadhouse style Yeah, I was super nice like from you know as soon as I started like, bro dude I'm sorry there's misunderstanding everything's cool you gotta go you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, now you want to get beat up by a fag? Is that what you're saying? You know, because as soon as they start calling, me bang, yeah, yeah, then that's I'd be like, like the well, fodder for it. Now I'm gonna suck your <laughs> dick. You know, now I'm gonna kick your ass and suck your dick. Now You know, like, I just, I just go with it so they would get madder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, they, and then I'd be like, well, you're drunk. It's not gonna work out for you. And then usually it would never work out. So, but yeah, it's that's. I'm probably gonna be really dumb when I get old. Probably have, you know, Alzheimer's from headbutting so many people. I mean, I we've all, all done the, terrible things. I our could bodies. just imagine, <laughs> but you know, those are those are true stories. But definitely, I'm so far removed from that now. This this is the this is the new pops, the power. I like pops. that. This you is good. I mean? This is a good look. This is a definitely yeah. this this for me is more of me because I'm seriously I hate violence. I always did. Like the only time I got a fight with people, I'd be cry afterwards. Yeah. Because it was my I was when i was raised i got beat and i was never into the violent thing and i just didn't like to be hit either and i even like when i fight people i just have so much empathy for them you know what i mean like because it's just not in me i can do it but i don't like it and i don't want to do it you know what i mean so as my years have progressed i'm like man i gotta take this whole pop thing because so many people for so many years had. There were kids that wouldn't talk to me for years because they were afraid of me. Now. And I was like, dude, great. I'm totally fucking cool. I was like, I would have loved to hang out mm-hmm. with you. So I figured this was a good way to kinda of reverse that whole mentality on like yeah." Like, yeah. It was old pop, who's new pop. So but no. But no, again, thank
1: you so much for doing this of Meet course. Me here. So great to it's see. It's always you. good to see people from home. Like really nice. Yeah. And so that's cool. a nice thing about New York, it happens pretty often, so it's like kinda of like little the little anecdote to my homesickness. It's yeah, like totally. seeing people from home. Sharing some stories, and even if it's just a, something as simple as like, you know, like I met my Taylor the other day, yeah, and we got a beer, and it like yeah, it, just it, a quick hang and just fucking do whatever. it. It yeah. it just made me buoyant. Yeah, yeah, for a while.
0: No, no. I mean, I love this town. I wish I could talk my wife to move in here, but she won't.
1: Too cold. We'll check out. Yeah, I was gonna say check out Montreal, but it's too cold. <laughs> she too. Wouldn't do this I understand.
0: But uh, again, Carrie, thank you so much for of doing course. this, and uh, everybody out there in the podcast world listening, all two or three of you, I appreciate you all for checking in. Uh, I, I love you all. I appreciate you all. Anybody who listens, um, make sure you all look out for one another, take care of one another, help each other if you can, always lend a helping hand when someone's down. Uh, Fuck the police. Uh, cops, put your guns down. Hashtag no dabble. Um, hashtag Trump's a bitch. Um, anything else I can throw in there that you guys would like, you can tell me to say some hashtags and tell whoever you want me to. When I'm there in the Do you Twitter?
1: Category. Can we tweet you? Yeah, yeah. I'm on Twitter as well. <laughs> all, right, all right, I'll try. I'll try so. to start doing that.
0: Oh, dude, I talk, I've, I've been trolling some rednecks on Twitter pretty hard, dude. I've been fucking some people up. It's been pretty fun. So, but uh, all of you out there in the world who listen, I appreciate you. Again, again, watch one another. Umoja, Peace.